Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. This is what we call an instant update. I did a video that went up this morning, and uh, this video will post 24 hours after that video because I've got an update on what happened. So here's what's going on. I did the story about the guy who runs the balloon service, hot air balloons, who was being sued by somebody who said that he was launching near their property and was upsetting them. So there's a lawsuit that was dragging its way through the court system over there in Maryland. And so I did a story about that, and I said, we'll wait and see what happens. Now, I will admit that I was not aware of the fact that this trial had already been resolved uh, a couple days ago because I was working off a story that was a little bit older, and also I had recorded the video (laughs) a day or two earlier. It happens. It happens. And so the trial was literally this past Monday. The trial happened. But not much happened there. But we'll, 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 we'll get to all of that. So I had a copy of the story in front of me that predated the trial. So the trial is about to happen. I did the video. And I said, I'll update you when I know what happens. So what happened is the video went up this morning. And I got a bunch of emails from people, including an email from the guy who runs the balloon company, who was the defendant in the case. And he said, hey, Steve, watched your video. Thank you very much. Uh, you might want to talk to my attorney for an update. Uh, he said, because we have resolved the case. The case is done uh, as far as, the, and I'll clarify that in a second. But he said, but I, call my attorney and, and talk to him about it, and, and you'll get the whole scoop. So I sent an email to the attorney, and I said, hey, Robert, this is Steve Leto. I'm a guy who does videos, uh, and I did a video about the case that you were working on. Uh, and the guy contacted me and said I should contact you. So apparently he thinks that you and I could talk, and that might be a fun thing for us. And uh, he called me. And so I just, I, just, I just talked to him for quite some time, and he is an attorney, he's a pilot, and he specializes in aviation law. And he was an attorney for the guy who runs the balloon company who's being sued. And he said, okay, so what are your questions? And I said, well, there are some things in the story that were not crystal clear. And I never know if that's because the facts weren't available to the reporter or if something's being written a little less clearly than I'd like it to be. I said, can you describe for me, for instance, the situation with the properties in in question? And he goes, oh, absolutely. He goes, the plaintiffs, the people who filed the lawsuit, have a 35-acre parcel, a 35-acre parcel. They've got a house kind of up towards the front of that. I think he said 60 feet from the road. That actually does matter. And next door to the 35-acre parcel is a 150-acre farm. And that farm is next door to the parcel of the plaintiffs. And he said, and so his client had the right to launch the balloons from that field uh, that's the 150-acre farm. Not a field, but a farm. 150-acre farm. And he said he probably launched uh, the balloon there uh, maybe over 100 times in total. However, remember, the balloon goes up and goes whichever way the wind blows it to some extent. So he said that if he had to guess, the balloon probably crossed over the property of the plaintiffs maybe a dozen times, maybe a few more than a dozen times. But keep in mind that all of this is regulated by the FAA, okay? And the FAA says that you've got to keep any aircraft above a certain height except when it's taking off or landing. And then you've got to do whatever is reasonable to get the uh, aircraft up to or down from a particular height. And so keep in mind that the um, uh, balloon can probably go up a couple hundred feet, maybe 300 feet per minute. So if you launch and, and, and the wind is uh, uh, blowing kind of fast uh, and, and you're rising, you might rise and go over 
that property next door, which is where the plaintiffs live. And the plaintiffs had filed the suit claiming that this was a nuisance. It was a nuisance. And so they were saying that this was a nuisance that they needed two things for. They wanted injunctive relief. They wanted the court to order this balloon pilot to never fly his balloon over their property. And then they also wanted damages, saying that, that these flights over their property harmed them in some way, that they could be com- you know, compensable harm. And so, first of all, you got to understand that the FAA does, in fact, regulate airspace. <laughs> so a state court could not issue an injunction forbidding somebody from flying over a piece of property if they were flying over it, keeping with the FAA regulations. And so it's one of the things that he pointed out to me is that he said, look, he goes, he goes, that was like a non-starter, but they asked for it. But the judge and a state court has got to understand that they don't have jurisdiction over that. That's, that's federal, you know, regulated airspace. The FAA's got charge of that. So that's right there going to be a problem. Now, I mentioned that there was a point where somebody said they hadn't, you know, exhausted their administrative remedies. And there was a point where, um, somebody said you should have complained to the zoning about this if you think that what they're doing is inappropriate for the use of the property. And so apparently they then did go and file complaints with the zoning commission, which apparently did nothing because there's nothing on the books about whether or not you can launch hot air balloons or not within that county. So there was an interlocutory appeal taken from the trial court to the court of appeals who sent it back down. That was part of the procedural history that I found confusing. This litigation lasted almost three years. It was filed in April of 21. Here we are in January of 24. So almost three years of litigation. So what happened was the lawsuit got filed, dragged through the courts, and by the way, the attorney told me that he suspects that if you add up what his client spent and what the plaintiff spent, you're looking at about a million dollars, about a million dollars in legal fees and other expenses involved in the litigation which makes you wonder what it was all for. But keep in mind this, that it was, he called, a straightforward nuisance case, right? How hard can that be? Well, the plaintiffs, as the trial date approached, got a couple adjournments and asked for adjournments. And apparently, right around Christmas time, because the court date was set for January 8th, asked for another continuance because they they were having trouble with their attorney. They wanted another delay, another adjournment to the trial. And, of course, uh, defendants, I believe, said, uh, we're not going to consent to that. We're not going to agree to that or stipulate to that. Uh, We think that we got to just go to trial one of these days and get this over with. And so apparently the plaintiffs uh, agreed to let their attorney out and then asked the court for more time so they could get a new attorney. And apparently the judge, the court, finally said, no, you know something? Uh, Sooner or later this is going to go to trial. It's going to go to trial on January 8th. So on January 8th, uh, the attorney and his client for the balloon company, balloon company, they showed up for trial, prepared. He said they had 900 exhibits. Just to give you an example of what we're talking about here, 900 exhibits. <laughs> and the plaintiffs showed up with no attorney. And so the judge called the case, and it's the morning of trial, and there's no adjournments, no continuances. Today's the day. And the attorney said that at one point, uh, the Plaintiff stood up and made a statement, and then judge looks at the defendant and goes, what do you want to do? And the attorney says, well, Your Honor, today's date and time set for a trial. We're prepared to go to trial. Apparently, the plaintiff is not prepared to go to trial. Uh, We would ask for a judgment in our favor. And the judge granted a judgment in their favor. 
that judgment is the end of the case. Now, they can still obviously file an appeal. They can file an appeal, but on appeal, they'd have to argue and say, we shouldn't have been forced to go to trial when we weren't prepared, despite the fact we had several continuances, and we stipulated to let our attorney off the case. And so whether that appeal could work or not at this point, I don't know. I highly doubt it, but you can always file one. So that's where we're at. But there was a final judgment entered that basically said plaintiffs get nothing, defendants prevail, and this case is over. So that does end the case. Um, And great conversation with Robert, the attorney, like I said, pilot and aviation lawyer. And he did tell me that, you know, he goes, quite frankly, because I'm disappointed. And, and as an attorney who's tried cases, I know what he means. You prepare for a case. You're ready to go. You walk into court. And on the courthouse steps, as they say, I've been offered settlements where my clients will be made whole. And my attorney fees will get paid. And I, I have to say to the judge, we've settled the case, Your Honor. We've agreed to the settlement. And you walk out of there, and that's a win if you got everything you asked for. Except that you prepared for trial. You're kind of hoping you get to put on a trial. You, you did all this work. For what? And, you know, so it was disappointing because he was prepared for trial. Now, they won, and, and that counts, right? It's a win. But he did say, he goes, you know, I kind of I wish we could have gotten this thing to trial. But one thing you have to remember is that this lawsuit was filed in a state court. And the plaintiff said, in essence, it's a nuisance. Okay, it's a nuisance. These hot air balloons are flying over our property. It's a nuisance. One, we want the court to order them to stop and never do it again. And two, we want damages. Well, I got news for you. That number one ain't never going to happen because that's federally regulated airspace. And so if a court had entered an injunction forbidding somebody from flying a hot air balloon across this one piece of property... As Robert pointed out, the feds would have stepped in and gotten their own injunction and knocked down the one from the state court. It's not going to stand up. But then the second question is, what are your damages? What's the harm for a hot air balloon flying over your piece of property when you've got a 35-acre parcel and the balloons are flying over the property in all different directions and your house is up at the front of the property 60 feet from the road? And the question really is, how much of a nuisance is that? And don't get me wrong, a jury could hear facts and could come to the conclusion that it is, in fact, a nuisance. But then what are we talking about? How, how severe is the nuisance? One thing that Robert pointed out to me is he said, well, believe it or not, they also sued somebody else for letting people launch balloons from their property. And that property is three miles away. Three miles away. So apparently they found out the balloons are also being launched over there. They sued those people. So, you know, I don't know what to tell you. But I can tell you that um, he said it was about maybe 12 overflights where the flight took the balloon over the property. Maybe 12. And, you know, the guy's not hanging out near the ground. As a pilot of a hot air balloon, he wants to get it up in the air and clear all of the obstacles on the ground as quickly as possible. And again, like I told you, I've flown in a hot air balloon. I, I, know, I know what it's like. And, and the only time you get really scared in a hot air balloon is when you're down near the ground. You want to get up as soon as you can, or when you're coming down, you want to come down, and then once you get to a certain level, put it on the ground as fast as possible without harming anybody. So, you know, I, I, I have a hard time really sympathizing with somebody who says, yeah, a hot air balloon 
flew over my property a few times and I've got 35 acres. And um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not buying it. One thing that he did say, though, is he said that uh, he was asked at one point in time, I think he said he's in the military, to read Sun Tzu, The Art of War. And, of course, uh, that book is famous. It's mentioned like in Wall Street, for instance. Uh, greed is good. Uh, but Sun Tzu, The Art of War. And to paraphrase the line, if your enemy is killing himself, leave him alone. <laughs> and Robert said that in a roundabout way, that's kind of how he felt towards the tail end of this litigation because he and his clients were preparing for trial and doing what they could to prepare for trial. Meanwhile, the other side's asking for adjournments and their attorneys are quitting. And, and, and meanwhile, here we are three years later and they simply wanted a trial date and they wanted to put this thing to bed. And so on the morning of Monday, January 8th, they showed up in court with their 900 exhibits and um, they were ready to go. And the other side was not. And so it kind of ends with a whimper in that respect. But that's what happened. So there you go. That's the end of that case. Uh, It did spark a lively debate, as these things always do, about what happens with the space above your property. And I'm sure that many people probably mentioned the federal case of Cosby. And it's C-A-U, not C-O, Cosby. And that's the case where a court actually said, that uh, airplanes flying too low could be could be a nuisance under certain circumstances. And, of course, those are military aircraft coming into land at very, very low altitudes, and they could document it was causing harm to the livestock in that flight path. Uh, but the case is kind of an outlier in the sense that the case never came out and said, okay, here's the bright guidelines we're going to go by from now on. Uh, this is too low, this is okay. They didn't do that. And the FAA often has rules where they say things like, you know, you must reasonably do this or reasonably do that. And keep in mind that the number one thing that the FAA is concerned about is safety of the people in the aircraft. Okay? So the pilots and the passengers, the number one concern is that they are okay. The number two concern is then everything else, okay? So when it comes time to you're going to launch a balloon and there's a piece of property over here and you need to get the balloon up in the air, like I said, just to get away from things in the ground, you're not going to launch the balloon in some crazy, unsafe fashion just to make these people happy next door. And so the feds say you can put that balloon up and bring it down uh, so long as you do it in a reasonable fashion. And there's regulations on that. But, but again... Uh, this case ended with a judgment, a judgment in favor of the defendant. So the plaintiffs get nothing. Again, they can appeal it, but there you go. So it was a fascinating case. And the interesting thing, and I hope Robert doesn't mind me saying this, he said, look, he's got, I'm a pilot, I do aviation law, and he goes, I've never gone hot air ballooning. Because <laughs> I just never had the chance before. And now my client has offered to take me, and I, he goes, I'll go as soon as I get a chance, just haven't had a chance. And I, like I said, I've gone twice. I've gone twice, and I loved it. Absolutely loved the experience. Very, very cool thing to do to go hot air ballooning. I know a lot of pilots. I know a lot of people in the uh, aviation uh, industry in the field, uh, and I'm fascinated, but I'm not a pilot myself. So there you go. So there's the end of the hot air balloon nuisance slash trespass case. It ended with a judgment in favor of the hot air balloon and the pilot and the company. So there you go. 
questions, your comments, put them below. Otherwise, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. A rich man is one who has no need of wealth.